Um, my name's Jessica. I'm originally from England, but I'm currently in New Zealand. I blog about my healing and recovery after childhood abuse and mental health difficulties, and I try to encourage others into recovery too. Hello, and welcome to episode 20. Wow, getting through now uh, of Mike's Open Journal. And a big thank you and a big welcome to Jess, who is part of the podcast today. And as you heard um, Jess speaking there, she's going to talk to us a little bit about her story and we'll chat through a couple of things. So Jess's website, starting a, uh, a conversation about mental health, the mental health services. Uh, we also have a little bit of a joke about Christmas and trolleys. Um, so there's a little bit in there as well. Uh, we also talk about some of the issues with kind of going to a new area and, and starting up again sometimes. So for Jess, that involved going over to New Zealand. And I think some of that conversation, while most of us aren't going to be fortunate enough to move to New Zealand, have been in that situation where you've kind of had to start again uh, and rebuild friendships uh, and your support networks as well. So as I said, a big thank you to Jess and a big welcome to all of you guys that are listening in today. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, It's been great. I've recently just started to look at some of the download numbers and it's great to see um, that we're just rolling over, I think now, um, 100 downloads. So that's really great to see. So thank you very much for listening. And again, if you are interested in coming onto the podcast to talk a little bit about your story or just mental health in general, it would be great to hear from you. So do uh, check us out on Twitter. You can go straight to the podcast at open underscore journal underscore or come over and have a chat with me at mike underscore douglas underscore so more than happy to have a chat with you what i've done with most of my guests is the first time they come on we have uh kind of around an hour or uh, some people have we've chatted a little bit longer um a little bit about their story but what i'm going to do in the future is have a lot more conversations where we're talking about one specific topic and have maybe a bit more of a round table, so have a couple of people coming onto the podcast. So as I said, if you're interested, do get in touch. Twitter, Facebook, through the website. Um, all the details will be available in the description because I can never remember all the links. Simple as that, really. So I'm going to drop you straight into the conversation I was having with Jess. And I think we started off by talking a little bit about how we started uh, talking with each other on social media. So I'm going to drop you straight into that conversation now. Um, started our conversation on Twitter, which is where... I've started talking to everybody so far, which has been really good. Um, but I have noticed you don't tweet loads. So no, um, I don't. do you do you not like Twitter or do you prefer to sort of communicate with people on different platforms? Um, I was mainly on Instagram. Oh, okay. um, that's sort of what I use mostly. But then um, people said for me to get into Twitter more for my blog. Mm. But um, I just don't understand what's happening, to be honest. <laughs> I just don't. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, when I, I go on it and there's so much to update, like to go through what everybody's saying, and I'm like, wow, like I don't have this much to say. Yeah, well, I'm kind of similar with in the opposite way. So, like, uh, I use Instagram, but I struggle with when I look at people that post a lot or like useful stuff yeah <laughs> um there's so many like hashtags at the end of everything yeah. Yeah. So, so it links in i'm like oh, i really can't be bothered to do that like i'll post it and i'll just say yeah this is what it is <laughs> and yeah. put like no hashtags in it so i think i feel like i just use it for a photo album rather than actually talking yeah. to anybody 
Yeah. Um, so I don't really get the like the communication thing on Instagram as much. Um, and I guess it's that thing of, I suppose, like some platforms work for the way we think or the way that we work out how they work. Um, and others we don't always fit with straight away. Yeah, no, it's, I don't, I don't, if I, if I had my blog, I'd, well, if I didn't have my blog, I'm not really sure what I'd use because I don't think I'd be that bothered. I'm mainly using them just for my blog because mm. I don't have Facebook. Mm. I had Facebook for a long time and then I just got so sick of all the drama and stuff. So I just got rid of it. Yeah, I've got to the stage where I pretty much only use it for um, like organizing catch ups with friends. Yeah, um, yeah. So I use more like the, um, what's it called? The messenger function rather than yeah. actual Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'm always a bit wary of sort of posting some stuff on there because there's so much personal information that's held there. Yeah. Whereas um, I feel like platforms like Twitter and I guess Instagram is probably the same where you can sort of key into different people and it's more about talking to people about the same topic rather than just the people you know yeah yeah no definitely um whereas I think yeah Facebook I feel like I'm just talking to the people I know um and the people that I know I know (laughs) um (laughs) I (laughs) I talk to in real life um or on the phone so I guess for me there's like a little bit less of a need for that uh and then I'm using the other networks to talk to new friends yeah Cool. Yeah, okay. And, cool. and, yep. I need to get into Twitter more, but it's just I'm just so confused with it all. It's <laughs> especially if you've only or you were mainly using Facebook before. I struggled a little bit when I started because I was like, oh, it's so different. Um, like the, the idea that it's so I don't know. I find it so open. um so like my like my facebook account i'll keep very private and very hidden i guess um whereas i'm the complete opposite with my twitter account uh yeah uh, yeah. apart from what kind of what i said a moment ago i can't really think of another way to explain it so i don't know why i have such a big (laughs) difference in in the profiles because i think if uh, I think I can only be found by like email address or something on Facebook, um, uh, yeah. and I don't protect my tweets or anything on Twitter. So it's like the complete opposite <laughs> version of security. Yeah. <laughs> well, that does at uh, the very least solve the mystery of the forty tweets. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've had a brief look on your website. So is this the is that the kind of the main hub of your information and your stories that you're putting out? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so why did and how did uh, you set up your website? Um, well, nobody actually knew about um, anything in my life, sort of my abuse and stuff, before I started my website. Um, I just had this idea that I wanted to help people that had been through something similar to me. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I just decided to share my story and then I made a website and then it sort of all came out, um, even to like my close friends and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's been a big, a big step making it, hmm. but yeah, so lots is happening. Was that like a strange way for people to, I guess, like kind of start a conversation with you? Yeah. Um, did it lead to, to stuff off the back of that? Like, oh, I've seen you've made the website and then you ha- had a conversation that you hadn't had before? 
Yeah, yeah, completely. Because I always just um, sort of kept all that private. Like people knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. And then I just came up this with this website like, oh, like this is what's been happening like all this time. And yeah, that's when it all it all started coming out. And they were sort of like, but, you know, I didn't know about this before. Hmm. But I think it, it, it was sort of a good way for me to um, to say sort of what had been happening, but also try and help people in the process. Yeah, I really felt like um, when I started uh, writing a blog and kind of shared it so that um, some friends could see, I found it really kind of beneficial in a way that it was like being able to tell people without telling them. Yeah, without having to have a yeah. like, sit-down conversation, yeah. like, this is happening, yeah. So, and then when you would talk to somebody, you're like, well, I know you already know now, and now we can kind of talk about it rather than me telling you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it brings you into, like, a, oh, we're halfway through the conversation rather than I've got to start it. So it made a big difference, I think, for me. And it, some people even just sort of said... Um, oh I've read your blog and then they will start the conversation as well which was really nice so it's not yeah I think it takes the pressure and some of the like the thoughts that run through your head about oh what should I say um how should I say it who am I saying it to when's a good time yeah no I you know I do think it was probably the best way for me to say because it had been like a, a well it had just been all my life this like weird thing of like what's going on with her like but I can't ask and Mm. then yeah all came out so do you feel like that was a really um positive thing for you yeah definitely yeah yeah I've been lucky enough to not have like any um any bad experiences from it so far um because there is obviously a lot of hate like on the internet but I just haven't that's really good to hear like it's all sort of been really positive and it's fed into obviously those conversations where you've had with friends as well yeah um, I mean, what's it been like? I, I don't know too much about sort of when you've left the UK and gone over to New Zealand. What's it been like with sort of making new friends out there and have you kept in contact with anybody over here? Uh, yeah, keep in contact with everybody. Um, yeah, it's been good. I've been here uh, just over a year now, I think. Um, just made the decision to come over here sort of for a fresh start because I'd finished all my therapy mm. and yeah about a year about a year and a half I'd say I've been over here now so has it been quite nice like you say like making that new start to, um like I don't know when your website went live but kind of make that new start and I guess be like a new you with yeah. um, all of your experiences kind of out in the open a lot more yeah, definitely. And I made my original blog. I had another blog just on um, on Blogspot mm. um, in 2012. I first like outed everything. Yeah. And then um, I started this sort of new website on a different platform only about two months ago. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really good. And I'm not. Yeah. It was a big thing, but it's definitely been worth it. It's really good. So I'm a bit jealous when I was looking for it. I was like, oh, this website's really not... Like, it's very nice and clean, and <laughs> <laughs> I can't think how better to describe it, but I just thought, oh, it's very clean. I like it. It's very clean. Yeah. I can't... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, just the... the there's quite a... There's... Um, 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know why I think that. I just do. It just looks really clean to me, which uh, is really important to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but <laughs> it is. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how that feeds back as a positive response, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> okay. I'll take that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I have to ask, what is your thing with the bears? Oh, I just love them. I do. <laughs> Like I always have, I've always had this thing about bears. And I was like, well, I've got to put them on my website. And when I was designing, I was like, I don't know how, but they need to be there. Yeah. So you'll find them, like, in really, like, little places. I'll be like, oh, I'll stick one there, and I'll put one at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she says she loves bears, and there are quite a lot of bears. But I don't know why she loves bears. <laughs> oh, I just do. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> There's got to be a reason. <laughs> but they don't look like um, like the the bears you have. It's just a normal bear. I thought, oh, it doesn't even, it's not like a character bear. Like, it's not like a Paddington bear or a, um, yeah. I can't think of any other bears right now. But <laughs> it doesn't look like a character bear. They're just bears. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I love Paddington bear, but just, it's just bears as like a whole. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> no particular <laughs> okay <laughs> well you've really not answered my query <laughs> I still feel a bit lost I feel like there's a deep a meaningful thing there <laughs> oh dear um, <laughs> so did you put your website together your, on your own then or did you have help uh, yeah I designed it and made it um, I had a little bit of help um, for all the coding and stuff but mainly I made it myself okay and how did you feel with doing that like I've I have to admit like I've struggled when I've tried to put stuff together initially to like do things like the website and the podcast and I'm quite happy to kind of trial stuff but my actual technical knowledge is not great um, so how did you go with putting the website together um, well, I've worked a bit with computers in the past, okay. so I knew a little bit. Um, but for me, it was just designing it was the hardest. Um, and, yeah, just how to put everything together but still make it really simple because I had so many ideas. But I didn't want to create a, a, you know, a website about mental health and just put loads of information on there. Because mm. for me personally, that would be, if I went on there that, you know, and I was struggling, I'd be like, no, like this is too much. Yeah. So it was, it was filtering all the ideas down just so I could make something simple, but still get enough information on there. Mm. Yeah, because I, when I looked, it didn't feel like... Um, it didn't feel like a mental health website. It just it feels like yeah. you, your website. Yeah, yeah. That's why I wanted to try and make it like so. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, one of the things um, I've spoken to a few different people about before is um, just you uh, talking through a little bit about your own story and your own um, struggles or challenges with mental health um, so that the people that are listening can kind of start to get a bit of an idea about you um, but also maybe sort of directs them then to, to the website to find out a little bit more or anything like that. So I don't know how much of your story you're happy to share. Um, yeah, I don't mind any of it, really. Um, so, yeah, as much as you're, as you're happy to kind of talk through um, the kind of the first time that you really felt like there might be um, something that was affecting you with regards to mental health. Yeah, um, 
Well, I came from uh, quite an abusive background, um, which I left when I was about 14. And um, during that time, it was obviously a little bit of a mess. And I was struggling with, I'd probably say, anxiety the most. Mm. Um, I suffered with OCD like a long time in the future. But um, during that time, it was mainly just anxiety. Um, and then I left that place and went to stay somewhere else in which I was assaulted twice. Um, then after that was when I started really struggling with lots of mental health um, difficulties. It all started coming up after that. It was sort of like what triggered it off. Mm. Um, I'm, so I mainly suffered with post-traumatic stress, anxiety, and then I had quite severe OCD. Um and which was sort of uh, checking routines and checking plugs and doors and taps. And I also couldn't write for quite a while. Okay. Um, I, could, I could type, but just not pen to paper. And, um, yeah, and I couldn't get out of the house. And then I started this long sort of journey of getting treatment and getting help and sort of trying to get to the bottom of what was happening as it was just getting worse and worse. So did you feel like the anxiety was there for you um, before um, the other issues popped up or do you feel like that was kind of the first thing that came up following those situations? Yeah, I think I think the anxiety I'd probably had for, you know, a long, long time. But I think it it was very sort of based on the situation. Yeah. I think when when I was in that situation I was just sort of filled with anxiety. But even when I used to go to work or would go to college, then that anxiety sort of wasn't there. So I think it was very sort of situation based. Like mm. it was just a natural reaction to the situation that was happening. Yeah, I think it's obviously it's different in each case, but I think sometimes when um, when I've spoken to um, some of the other guests, um, you get the feeling that there's almost like a sense of not comfort, but there's like relief that oh, if this only happens here and I can deal with it the rest of the time, or it doesn't affect me, then that's okay. And sometimes yeah, yeah. they kind of get through it to a certain extent, and then at a later stage because it's. Um, it's not been resolved it's kind of laid I guess like it's laid dormant if that makes sense yeah then other stuff can kind of pop up off the back of that and I don't know if that kind of sounds like that's sort of relates to you a little bit oh yeah completely yeah um I mean I was already like struggling so much with my anxiety but then when I had two more sort of incidents happen it just sort of blew it all up and I was all of a sudden like could not get out the house because I was you know doing all these checking routines and you know, I just, it just popped up out of nowhere, going yeah. from like anxiety, which I was, I was almost getting used to, that was just, you know, part of me to like, what am I doing? Like, what is this? Would, um, so things like, say, like leaving the house, um, and some of the examples you give, I think are really good ones because, um, when I've spoken to, um, particularly, I think, uh, I think I spoke about this with Rich when we were talking about OCD type behaviours um, and kind of the misunderstanding that um, the, the wider public or the wider society has about things like OCD um, and that idea that, oh, we, you've got to check like plug sockets, light switches, the iron and things like that. Um, and that kind of... Um, uh dismissiveness of ocd and saying oh i've i'm ocd because i check these things before i leave the house or i get a bit like that um and i think because so many people do that to some extent they don't 
fully understand um, how that can be become so excessive and demanding on your time and your mind. Um, so I wonder if you could kind of run through, like, if um, at that time, uh, say you've decided that you're going to go out, what kind of things would you have to do before you could actually leave the house? Well, um, it, it wasn't like something stopping me getting out of the house. It was literally that I gave up because I was checking so many things. I was, yeah, I just checked plugs, but um, like a lot of common OCDs, they'll have like um, a certain number that they'll stick to through like a lot of things. Mm. But with mine, it just depended on like how much I trusted that one thing. Okay. So I had, yeah, so like the... I had, um, where my TV was, I had like a long extension, which I probably shouldn't have, have had <laughs> as full as I did, <laughs> but, but like didn't trust that as much as like I trusted say the kettle or, you know, so I'd check things all different times, but honestly I could easily be there for that many hours that I just was like, there's no point in going out now. Like, <laughs> like we were yeah. supposed to go out at one o'clock and it's now seven. So <laughs> I don't think we should bother. <laughs> oh, everything's now closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> no, I think it's that, um, like I said, it's that understanding that some people have where they think, Oh yeah, I've got to run back and just check that. And I think, well, that doesn't, it might be uh, like a trait of OCD, but it doesn't mean you have OCD or you are OCD. And I think is that I think that sort of approach becomes a bit dismissive to the, the struggles that some people have. And like you say, being in the situation where you're checking and having to look at things for a number of hours or get into the stage where you think it's just not worth going out because I'm spending that long kind of checking yeah. and worrying about things is very different to somebody just popping back into the house quickly for 30 seconds to check like yeah. at one light switch or something like that yeah I mean even when um I'd sort of have that that thought of like I need to go back like when it when it wasn't as excessive as it got um and having that thought of like I need to go back otherwise I'm not going to enjoy my day unless I've like gone back and checked this one thing and then I'd be gone for ages and they'd just like my friends would be like waiting at the door and I'd be like no I am coming back like ringing me like where are you I'm like no I'm just checking this one thing and I'd just be like so fixed on it yeah. that I'd just be there for ages but the time just seemed to go like I wouldn't feel like I was there for that long. They're like, um, we've just lost you for like three hours. Where have you gone? <laughs> like I haven't left yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so it being that time, I guess, um, obviously where you're kind of moving around as well and you sort of mentioned things like the um, school and college, um, do you feel like it was a really difficult time for you to really um have people to talk to because you're you're in a situation where I guess your friendship group your family situation it's all changing um did yeah. you really feel like you had anyone that you could talk to at that time um d during the time of when my OCD was bad yeah um yeah I think I think my group of friends was sort of like I understand but I sort of knew they didn't like oh yeah yeah I get it and I'm like you don't know like I don't think you really get it but thanks for the support <laughs> like I think I think it is hard it's hard to understand it when you have no idea like of anything relating to mental health mm. 
or you know you have a little bit you know of anxiety in certain situations but when someone's like I cannot stop checking you know the plug and the kettle and it is quite hard to to grasp for someone else but um yeah I had support but I just don't think they fully understood like what was happening and maybe still don't now yeah I guess it's that idea that um it's more like acceptance rather than understanding, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah. they accept kind of the, the challenges that you might have and understand that um, the way you go through your day-to-day life is going to be slightly different to theirs, but not a full understanding of what those challenges are or how it makes you feel or think. Yeah, no, it's... It is hard for a lot of people to to understand when you've got no no experience of it. Mm. Um, and then obviously going over to New Zealand must have been uh, a very exciting thing. But then it, I guess it also brings up that situation where um, sort of being in a new place. Um... I, I just finished my therapy before I moved over here. Mm. Um, so it was like the first time in my life where I didn't have to be frightened. You know, I'd left all those you know people behind and it was a fresh start without the OCD because I'd got it under management I think it was about two months before I moved over here so um it it was really just about me keeping that management and remembering what I'd been taught when I came over here so Mm. I didn't come home you know come over here and start all these routines again yeah and it it was just settling in and you know am I going to start these routines and luckily I, I still haven't do you feel like it's kind of come at a nice time in a way then where you've kind of got to a stage where you've got um, yourself into a, a nice place um, and then you've moved at kind of like a positive time for you and then you go in there with that new start in that kind of positive phrase of mind? Yeah, yeah. Because um, I can imagine like, because I've had times when there's been a chance to, or not necessarily a chance to move, but potential chances to move I guess um and I felt like the time that those occasions have popped up have not been great times for me and that's been one thing that sort of put me off um because you feel like it's not an appropriate time but it sounds like um it's kind of all happened at the right time for you yeah completely yeah definitely I think I just had to like take the opportunity mm. um because I mean New Zealand was wasn't even anywhere anywhere that I'd thought of before or thought you know it wasn't like a lifelong dream like I want to be in New Zealand yeah but just the opportunity came up and I was sort of like well why not like it's uh even if I don't like it then I have to try it like I'm probably not going to get this opportunity again mm. Um, and yeah the visas and everything just came through so quick that it just was like well I've just it's sort of meant to be yeah well it sounds like a flipping amazing story (laughs) 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 um I I I spent a year traveling in Australia um and I'd looked at uh going over there on a on a sponsored visa and it's so difficult um and both Australia and New Zealand are awesome places. And I think I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm at a time where I'm sort of open to doing a couple of different things, but I quite enjoy the work that I do. Um, yeah. So it's trying to fit in with that, um, which isn't something currently that's uh, being looked for in Australia. So it never fitted into like the, the visa situation. 
Yeah. Uh, but the opportunity, I think, like you say, just to go somewhere else and um, and try it out and have that opportunity, I think, is is one more people should. Well, maybe not more people should look at because then that probably devalues my chance of getting it. But um, <laughs> it's one that more people should think about doing, but not actually do. Yeah, exactly, but just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, just look at it and think how amazing it is, and then don't apply. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, you know, it is hard when you've got sort of ties and stuff. Mm. Um, like a lot of my friends have got mortgages, or they're in jobs that they've been through. You know, been there for years. Yeah. But I was lucky that. I mean, or not lucky, but because my OCD was so bad that I couldn't work. Mm. And then I just had this time where, you know, I hadn't got a job yet. And, the, you know, the opportunity came up because if I had a mortgage and like a full time job, I'd have probably, you know, thought twice about it. Yeah. But I didn't have anything that was keeping me in the UK. So, yeah, I just had to take the chance. But it is hard when you've got sort of ties at home. Mm, I think um so I'm assuming you've gone over for work I don't really know you don't really know oh well you're yeah. you're, you're there <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say I'm I think why sure I'm here <laughs> I think for me um like the difference is that um I felt like when I was traveling the the thing that I missed was having kind of friends around yeah. um but I feel like I missed that more because because I was travelling, you didn't make friends in the place that you lived or in the place that you worked because you were constantly moving. Yeah. Um, you sort of made really nice acquaintances um, and I still keep in touch with them, so I would kind of consider them friends. But Well, I would consider them friends, um, but it's a different type of friend. You're not kind of filling yeah. in that gap that you've left with the friends that you had before. Yeah. And I think if you if you are going into I guess it's the same if you're not necessarily going abroad, but if you go to a new area, um, having that kind of um, friendship group or support network that's around you, I think is really important to create that that sort of good vibe around you. Um, Yeah. And I feel like if you're somewhere uh, where you're going to be living for a little while, even if it's only sort of six months, but you've got somewhere that you're based you can make friends in the area if you've got somewhere you're working or volunteering or doing whatever again you make friends there and I think that all helps with making a more kind of settled environment for you as well yeah yeah definitely and it starts to feel more like home because I think yeah if I didn't have that I'd probably be missing home a lot more um like I do speak to my friends like every day back home Mm. but yeah I think you do you do need it when you move otherwise it's just like because everything is so different over here um compared to the UK they say that because I'm in Christchurch at the minute and they say that it's quite like English but I'm like but it's not like you don't understand (laughs) like it's not at all (laughs) no but it is I'm like no it's not like I I don't find anything like very similar over here what are things are meant to be similar I don't know. They just say it's like an Eng- it's like an English town. I'm like, well, maybe it's the maybe it's the most English. Yeah, of New Zealand. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's maybe. not. Yeah, it's not like the UK. It's the most like the UK yeah. they've got. <laughs> yeah, so many people have tried to convince me. Like when you when I go out and like people realise like, oh, you're from the UK. Like this is an English place. I'm like. No, that's <laughs> really it. You've no idea. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so, are you out 
I feel like I'm asking really personal questions now. Um, are, you, <laughs> are you out there for like a certain amount of time or are you just seeing how it goes? Um, yeah, just seeing how it goes. I was originally on the 12-month visa mm. and then now I'm on the two-year one okay. or maybe three-year, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, just seeing how it goes really. It is a, it's an amazing place, mm. um, but I, I'm, I'm sort of a, a bit of an English girl at heart and I think I probably will end up going home. Yeah. Which Aww. is yeah, <laughs> sad times. I was, I was very unhappy about coming home. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I don't know. I think like you say, I think you always look at things differently as well. Um, I definitely am aware of the fact that I look back on it in a very positive light um, because I'm now not there. So I think that affects your your perception of it as well. Yeah. Um. So obviously with regards to your story as well, do you feel um, you've gone through um, kind of that challenge of, I won't say overcoming OCD, but making a huge difference in the way that it affects you and that you're reacting to it? Because it sounds like you've made massive steps from from the, where it was affecting you to to being in a place where actually you could move to another country and kind of set up and be quite flexible with your approach there. And I think... Um, from some of the conversations I've had before, uh, where you're there for, let's say, a, a very flexible amount of time, um, some people, I think, with with OCD-type behaviour would really struggle with that idea of inconsistency. Um, so that seems like a kind of like a massive um, thing to have overcome with regards to, to your story and being able to sort of be quite flexible and make those changes and those decisions yourself do you feel like there's been a big change in you as a person um in the last couple of years in particular um yeah this is it's something I get asked a lot but I genuinely don't know if it's hit me Mm. like I lived a life where I could not get out and you know all day that's all I would do with these checking routines like get I couldn't relax because you know I was getting up to check the door or check the tap or did I leave the light on but now I do like none of those things but I still don't think like I've got it in my head that like do you realize like how different your life is and then during during my therapy I kept like a journal of like how it was and you know what changes I'd made or if I'd cut down on checking something and even reading that I'm like that's me like I still I don't still don't think it's hit that it sort of happened and I mean it wasn't even even that long ago I think I started my therapy in 2014 I think it was November and I finished it in 2015 and you know it's it's not even been that long ago but I just don't I don't think it's actually hit me that it's you know what a big change it's been Mm. so do you feel like that was sort of largely because of the therapy or do you feel like there were certain things that kind of helped you along the way um because I know there's been um there's been a lot of discussion on the podcast before about about therapy and how positive or negative it's been for different people yeah oh, oh it's de- it was definitely a positive experience um but even my my therapist sort of during it was like I don't think you're realizing like you know because for so long I couldn't write and mm. then I started writing this journal and she was like do you not realize like what's happened and I was like oh yeah like that's cool like oh, I'm really glad I'm writing again but like it hasn't fully gone in 
Um, but no, it, it has been a, a really positive experience. I'm glad I did it. That's really good to hear because I think so often we end up talking about some of the negative sides to, to therapy and the way that um, people have long waiting times or, or don't get the right therapist or struggle to make improvements. Um, and to hear the story of um, you going through having a good amount of time within therapy, but also achieving so much in that amount of time as well. Yeah. Um, just seems like a, a huge shift. And I think it sounds like a real, sounds really weird to say. I don't mean that in a negative way, but just sounds <laughs> like a huge like success story. Um, yeah. And I think no, that's... I- yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you go. <laughs> Carry on singing your praises. <laughs> um, yeah, <keep> <laughs> um, it's just really nice to hear as well. Um, and I think it brings that, um, like a sense of legitimacy as well to, to therapy and the fact that it will, um, different people will interact with therapy in different ways. Um, some people might struggle for, for different reasons because of, the person that they're talking to or the type of therapy that they're interacting with but it's kind of that proof that you know it it does and it can work um but also shows i think a huge kind of strength of character in you that um that although that's does it work out as sort of like a year or just over a year um there's such a huge change in that time and i think the therapy obviously helps but the therapy will only do so much um so it's you that kind of work through that and identify ways that you want to work or change um and I think that kind of comes across with your story yeah yeah I I mean I definitely had sort of the the bad experiences of of therapy and I think that's what I'm trying to teach with my blog as well that you will have bad experience this isn't going to be like the most like you know plain sailing like oh just go to therapy and then I'm going to meet this really amazing person and they're going to just like cure me I think it's it, for me. It's definitely about teaching that this is going to be hard. Like this is not going to be an easy ride. You're going to meet some like pretty probably horrible people. I've had some bad experience with bad therapists, but you will find someone that wants to help you. You know, and and teaching that you know it, it is a hard journey that won't be straight. But eventually, when you find the person that wants to help you, and you know you start that recovering journey, that um, you know things actually do get better. And, you know, I was very lucky with who I got from my therapist that um, sort of was really passionate about her work, you know, Mm. and I was pretty determined to get rid of my OCD as well. So I think it was sort of a good match that I got her. I think so. I think it seems like it's worked out quite well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. So one of the other things you you mentioned was your post-traumatic stress as well. Um, Yeah. Do you feel like that kind of tied in to um, things like anxiety and OCD behaviour? Or do you feel like it was something that was completely different for you? No, I think think it was all sort of situation-based. I think once, um, sort of with my CBT, even though they try not to focus on it, I think once I started to learn about where I'd come from, and the situation that I was in, it all sort of tied together and, you know, all sort of faded at once. I think the anxiety and the post-traumatic stress was sort of very linked. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then the OCD was just 
yeah, it took me a long time to sort of learn why I was doing the things I was doing. I think it sounds as well um, from some of the bits that are in your website that you're obviously very understanding and very um, even more than balanced doesn't quite describe the level. But I think there's a, a very reflective mood of of what you'd been through and actually um, the effects that it's obviously had on other people prior to the events that you've gone through. And it's a very reflective, um, I guess, approach or thought process. Um, and then you move forward. And I think you mentioned their CBT. Um, yeah. And I think that's very much, um, it's all, you've almost thought kind of past that because a lot of the, the conversations that I've had with regards to CBT have always been, we don't look at that. We don't really worry about that. We're going to work on you now and you going yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, but it seems like, you have kind of thought a little bit about it and kind of resolved it within your within yourself um, yeah and then moved forward so um because I I because I do CBT and one of the things that I do I wouldn't say I struggle with but it's on my mind that for me right now it's it's more important to, to work on now and going forward but that at some stage I might need to go back and reflect on some of the stuff that's happened before whereas um, I feel like that's a that's a different part of I guess our stories is where I get the impression it's not like you've just left that stuff. Um, you've kind of resolved it for yourself and you're happy with where you are. Um, yeah. I don't know if that sounds accurate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was sort of a, a running joke with my therapist, like, "Oh, you're not allowed to mention the past, Jessica." And I'm like, "But <laughs> like, this is why I'm doing it. Like, I know now." Yeah. But, um, you know what because I, I had to I think with a lot of people that go into CBT about OCD and they're like I don't know why I'm doing it um you know but and then the therapist is like oh you don't need to know why like we're just moving forward but I'm like <laughs> but I think with mine like I knew why I knew I didn't know why I was doing the things but I knew that what I'd been through was having this like big effect yeah and um sort of starting to learn that why I was doing all these things was because I, I had sort of so much responsibility on me when I was younger mm. and then learning that I didn't need to be like that responsible like I don't have to look after everyone if if you know the house was to set on fire because someone left a plug on like it wouldn't be just my fault even yeah. though I probably feel pretty guilty for it but <laughs> like, it, I should, it's not you know learning that not everything was on me and yeah. I think I had to learn that before I made the steps to, you know, actually, I don't need to check that plug or actually I don't need to, like, you know, hold the tap for, like, half an hour to check that it's definitely off. Mm. Like, that's, that's for me, what started my process was learning um, why I was doing these things in the first place. Mm. Um, so it sounds then like through your therapy and your interaction with CBT, you've almost... I don't know, I guess you've kind of thought at a level that's slightly above kind of what they're offering um, or what they're talking about. Um, because like I say, in or, or that we've said, um, it's very much about working on the future. And I, I don't know, maybe it's my view of it. I feel like it's very, no, much, it definitely it's is, very yeah. much ignoring the past. Um, yeah. But because you've kind of gone through that process already... Um, do you feel like that meant that you could achieve more through your therapy? Because you've kind of, although it shouldn't relate to it, you've already come to some sort of 
um, impasse with your thoughts uh, about the thing that they're not going to talk about. So it's not like it's still in the background. If that make does that make any sense? <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, uh, um, no. I, I guess I mean. <laughs> um, so one of the things that say like I might struggle with would be that um, we're working on um, we're working on the B issue, um, and we're not going to talk about the A issue, um, which is fine. We can work on B and then move on to C. But that in my mind, I know that there's something that's still not been thought about or resolved that could have affected everything else. Yeah. Whereas um, your story is more about, OK, we're working on B and how we're going to move on to C. And while they're going to ignore A, you in your mind know, actually, I've kind of already come to terms with A and I'm quite happy <laughs> yeah. with where it is. Does that make more sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, so do you feel that having kind of... Um, come to terms with resolved or be happy with a um that meant that you could move on or work on b and progress on to c more easily or quicker yeah oh definitely i mean i I had um i think i'd been through cbt three times but the last time was when it sort of was good yeah um the first two times i did it when i was already in a bad situation and i just don't think my head was in it yeah um but i i did have a therapist that like i couldn't even like get half a sentence out without him being like no no like we're not in the past now we need to look to the future and i'm like but hang on like i know this is like i was so certain that um you know, what I'd been through was to do with why I was doing all these actions. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think if I hadn't have dealt with that and hadn't realized why I was doing the things, I'd probably still be doing them now. I'd probably still have my journal and still have, you know, cutting down, but I think I'd still be doing the things because I hadn't resolved that, you know, why I was doing it. Mm. Or I hadn't learned myself that that responsibility wasn't on me anymore. Yeah. So I th- yeah, I think I did, I did. You know, I did need to do that. But yeah, I, I was told that I shouldn't, you know, that I, just, I can't focus on the past anymore. But I think my my most recent therapist, um, because I was also like I've always been in the legal system for my abuse. Okay. And uh, m- my recent therapist was sort of quite involved in that. And I think she could see how much of an effect it was having on that. So I think when they're prepared to look into sort of the whole situation, mm. they can sort of understand a bit more as well. Like, I think she needs to, like, to do this. Yeah. Like, I think she sort of needs to do it her own way because I was quite determined. Mm. I think hearing that you also went through CBT a couple of times, I think, means that you've you've got an idea as to what they're going to do, how they work as well, so that each time you come back you come back, I guess, with um, a greater understanding of their approach and how it's going to work for you. Whereas I think um, sometimes the first time you go along, you're not always sure what you're going to get out of, whether it's a workshop, phone or face-to-face session. Um, I think, like you say, it is very different in regards to what most people would consider, I guess, traditional therapy. Um, yeah. where you are quite sort of, I don't know, limited. I, actually, no, I think probably limited is the right word. Um, where you're quite limited as to what you're meant to be talking about. Um, yeah. 
so I think that that can be quite different as to if people have gone along expecting something um it can be quite different to to what you're thinking you're going to get or going to be involved with and then it's adjusting um I suppose your expectations as much as anything yeah yeah I mean when I was younger I'd been sort of shoved into counseling where you just sort of sit in a little room and you had to like like share your feelings like what's going on and I'm like Mm -hmm. you know and you just go over the same thing and then you know I remember at one point I I think it was like 15 and then I was like a month before my birthday and then when I was on to 16 I had to go through like another program because I was too old to be like classed on the child services or something oh, and then okay. I went to the other room and did it all again and then being put into CBT and there's you know a whiteboard and she's drawing I'm like what is what is this <laughs> like what are you doing like because it's like an art class or you know it is it is very different mm. but but I CBT is what I believe in because obviously it helped me so much but I've done a lot of research into cbt and a lot of read a lot of stories about it and it is sort of what i believe in the most in regards to therapy Mm. i think it's definitely a very helpful um type of therapy and i think it's trying to get that understanding as to um the different kind of focus that that cbt works on and how it how it is focused would help give it a little bit more recognition as well i think um especially where so many people are now kind of accessing different types of CBT as well. Um, So what has there been a huge or have you used any kind of mental health related service over in New Zealand? No, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. So that was my next question of asking you what the differences were. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I would like to know. I'm not sure I'm supposed to find out unless I do. Yeah. No, I have thought about it because I've I've read quite a lot into the um, mental health over here because um, of the 2011 earthquakes and they had sort of quite... um, quite a rise in the mental health over here and that there's a lot of difficulty in the services I mean I thought we were bad in the UK but apparently it's it is quite bad Mm. um and people not sort of getting the care that they need but over here it is mainly focused on after the earthquakes is sort of what what you read about most so kind of event specific rather than rather than mental health it's more there was an earthquake and let's talk about that sort of thing yeah yeah Oh, okay. Do you think that's just because um, stereotypical view, it's not as advanced as the UK or is mental health something that's not as, I don't know, I'd say it's widely spoken about here, but it's not spoken about in the same way that it's starting to be spoken about in the UK? I mean, it it is very, very far behind here. Like it's even like, like I don't really watch TV much, but I've had it on and I'm like, you know, it's really old like have gone back like 10 years I think everything like is a lot further behind than than we were in the UK I've noticed it for a lot of things okay Uh, yeah so uh, so I expect the sort of mental health to be sort of the same Mm, I think that's the difference as well is um especially when we had the the um EU referendum was that last month I can't remember now um, where there was a lot of debate about the in and the out and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, well, at least we live in a country where those kind of views can be kind of aired publicly and you can talk about that. And there's, 
countries where um, you can't talk about those kind of views openly. Um, yeah. And you do, I think, sometimes take for granted the fact that, yeah, okay, definitely everything is not rosy here, but in terms of um, kind of countries across the world, we are very fortunate that we live in a country where you can talk about your views openly, where there is things like the NHS that, again, are not perfect, but do exist. Um, yeah. And having spoken to people over in America where they're, they're in a situation where you don't know what sort of support you need, but by going and trying to access something, you have to pay for it, and then you might be paying for something that you don't really need because it's not the right service. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, we do sometimes take for granted the things that we do have in this country. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I think I've realised it more since I moved over here. Mm. Um, so I'm having that clear head now because, I mean, before when I was waiting on my um, waiting list for the CBT and stuff, I was like, this is a pain, like, you know, checking the blooming letterbox and trying to, you know, wait for that letter to come through and why hasn't it come through? And then you go to somewhere else where it's a lot further behind and you sort of realise, like, wow, like, if I, if I was in... Um, the situation I was in in the UK but over here mm. like I'd have had to pay for all my therapy I know you have to pay for a lot of things over here yeah um but they have um oh, I can't remember what it's called now but for for when the earthquakes happened like there is um support lines but you've got to sort of apply and say that you know this depression is from, you know, the earthquake in 2011 and you've got to go through all the paperwork. Whereas in the UK, you can just go to your doctors. You might have to wait a bit, but you will be put through to someone. Mm. And I think you don't realise that until you come out of that situation. Yeah, I don't think I sort of fully realised it until sort of speaking to people that are are living in other countries and you realise... Yeah the extent to which you are quite fortunate with with the service that you have and I think anywhere there's there's always something that can be improved and there's definitely a lot that can be improved here but our starting point is like you say so much further than where some yeah. other countries are and I think sometimes we forget that yeah definitely yeah um so you've gone over to New Zealand and I think then that means your website was up before you went over there no, I started it when I came over when here. When you got there. Um, so yeah. do you feel like, did you have in mind that was kind of going to help you with regards to talking about mental health in a new country? Uh, has it started any conversations since you've been out there? Yeah, um, well, I mean, when I originally sort of outed everything, it was back in 2012. Mm. Um, so, so all my main friends knew um, telling people over here or well I didn't really tell anyone it was sort of the same situation where they just yeah. sort of discovered I had a blog um, but yeah um, it's 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 a weird weird situation someone sort of saying oh I read your website and I'm like yeah surprise like like I don't have like you know and, and uh, what a lot of people the class is like a normal situation yeah um, but yeah yeah, I started the, the website over here. Um, so it was sort of the same situation just again from 2012. Like I had to, you know, explain to people like, oh, yeah, this is how it is. So sort of it twice. <laughs> that's good, though, I guess, because, again, it brings up that it brings up that conversation in a natural way. And uh, especially if you're somewhere now where maybe mental health is not as well supported or discussed. Um it gives you a chance as well to kind of 
be one of those people that people come to and talk to and be involved in some of those discussions about getting people to come forward for support or be aware of different kind of material or information that's available online as well yeah yeah um and especially around something like mental health where we i think we're naturally reluctant to come forward and ask for help and a lot of the time we don't even always know I hate saying wrong but we don't know what some of the challenges or the issues are that we're facing Uh, and so you've kind of got to a certain stage where you recognise actually yeah there's something that's not quite right or I do need a bit of help with something but I don't know where to go and having I think more people come forward and talk about their own story whether it's blogs or websites or, or, or social media um that does make a lot of difference because I think people are more likely to come forward and talk to you because you're uh, a normal, regular person rather than <laughs> uh, like a celebrity where yeah. I, I feel like there's quite a lot of disconnection with like, is anyone really going to get involved in a conversation with a famous person because they've started to talk about mental health? Whereas um, I think we strike up more communication and relationships and understanding with other people that we kind of perceive as being a lot more similar to ourselves yeah no definitely I mean even um meeting people and them saying sort of like oh I've seen your website but I can see it like in the face like they're they want to say like oh I struggle with you know and then like weeks or whatever later I'm sat you know on their sofa talking about you know how they struggle with anxiety whatever and I think for, for me um, that's what helped sort of during my journey was finding other people that were like struggling and on forums and, mm. you know, um, hearing someone else talk about it as well and hearing that someone else has actually got through a lot of things. Cause I mean, there's enough like places on the internet that are, like, you know, when you go on Tumblr and it's all like depressing and, you know, that, I mean, there's some awful stuff out there. I think there's, it's good to sort of have that balance yeah I think so um I think the more yeah the more we talk about it the more it makes it more of a uh a less sort of stigmatized conversation um whether it's talking about our own stories or just talking about mental health in general and I think that hopefully opens it up for other people to to talk about it whether they feel like they're affected or not um it makes it easier for that next person to kind of come up and say actually I'm kind of struggling with this issue a little bit do you think like we can have a chat about that or just talking about it rather than it being something that people kind of worry about as much yeah Um, yeah I think that's when you sort of see situations where stuff is left or not really understood and it becomes worse before anyone sort of recognizes it and that's where I think we stand with mental health at the moment a little bit yeah definitely yeah and you haven't always got um like friends or family or colleagues around you as much as you may have had when you're in the UK yeah I think because I'm so like independent like it's partly like not wanting anyone to help like I'm like I can do this myself I Mm. think because I was I was on my own from so young yeah that I just sort of deal with a lot of situations myself like I'll look for like support like if I need someone but I think a lot of stuff like that, it was just them knowing. 
Mm. Like, oh, like I'm going through this. Like, this is how it is. Like, I'll do it myself. <laughs> like, leave me. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so like that, but I just don't like, like, no, like, I'll do it myself. You don't like need I the, just yeah. You don't need yeah. the attention or support. I'll tell you when I want the support. <laughs> yeah, like independent woman. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it very much seems like that. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah, no, that's what that's what it was sort of like with everyone for me. Like I'm going through this, even like family members. I'd be like, this is what this is the situation. This is why I'm like, just you know, don't mind me. I'm just checking the plug all the time. Yeah, but I'll sort it myself. Like, don't worry, just leave me to it. (laughs) (laughs) Very much a a strong, independent woman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, What are your, what are your, again, I'm going to be so nosy. Um, So what are your plans while you're over in New Zealand? Are you going to look for work and think about staying? Or is it in your mind that you're going to possibly come back after the two years? Um, Well, I currently work in nursing. Okay um sort of a little bit with dementia and the elderly Mm. um but I'm hoping to go to university eventually but um that was sort of the plan when I'd done my therapy before I came over here but then now I'm over here I think that um that sort of the university fees are about triple because I'm not a resident yeah so I either have to wait till I get residency, which will probably be like another year before I can sort of do education mm. or go back home and do it. Um, it's just sort of making that decision because once you're sort of in that loop, it's, you know, it's starting it. Yeah, I think I would be considering lots of other countries for university right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, definitely. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is quite good for uni over here, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm not paying triple, like it's hard no, enough. that does seem like a lot of money for... Yeah, it is. And when you're in a... that situation where you're, like you say, if you're not a resident, I guess you you pay out on a lot more things because you're not a resident as well, so it makes everything a bit more expensive and... yeah kind of the cost of then studying somewhere I would have thought goes up quite a lot whereas up until recently <laughs> I think if you'd have been looking at uh, like a European country <laughs> um <laughs> yeah hide the sniggers um up until recently um like looking at a European country to study I think would have been a really like beneficial thing to do yeah. um because although you study as an international student and you, I think you pay additional fees for that, the fee is still so much lower than you would be paying in this country. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't know about somewhere like New Zealand. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure about that one. No, it's, it is a lot more. Um, but yeah, I'm doing sort of studying with what I'm doing now. But when you start going to like uni and stuff, it's just, they just, put the prices up so much more and even for sort of doctors and stuff just getting a regular doctor's appointment you're paying like a hundred dollars um so yeah it's a it's a it's tricky when you're not a resident somewhere unless you are going somewhere just to travel like that's sort of what you have to do until you make that decision like i'm settling somewhere what Um, is a hundred dollars in pounds uh, i think it's about half so it's about yeah, and maybe like forty something. I think. Okay. I think it's just a bit less. That's a lot. I might be wrong. It's probably changed, but 
Well, the pound's only gone down in value, so it would just mean it's more expensive. <laughs> Let's say between 40 and 60. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot, isn't it, for an appointment for... Oh, yeah, definitely. For a chat. Um, yeah. And that's not for, that's not for um, like, a, a consultation or an assessment or anything. That's just, like, a checkup. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then you have to, like... I don't know. There's some like weird thing. Like they'll pay, they'll charge you. Like I've been, I've not been to the doctors many times over here. But when you do go, there's like you get like a like you would a prescription, but it's like all these like added like oh if you were a bit extra time or if they gave you a bit more information than they would in a normal appointment, then oh there's a bit God. added on. And then yeah, paying for the prescriptions and okay, yeah, it is. Wow. A lot more. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly wow. suddenly feeling really good about it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't want to move here after all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I need to get all of my need to do you get all of my therapy out of the way. <laughs> yeah, and then go. feel good before I leave this country. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that would be expensive. Or I'd yeah, need to find some is. sort of online consultation thing where I could talk to someone in the UK from abroad yeah just keep in contact with your doctor yeah (laughs) can I have my consultation over Skype please (laughs) (laughs) jeez that sounds expensive yeah it really is it was was a shock to me um please don't ruin my illusion there is lots of open space though isn't there yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just my thought of like Australia, New Zealand, there's open space, you, there's lots of green, sun. If you're near the sea, the sea is blue rather than a dirty blue or green. Yeah, with like, yeah, litter and stuff in yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there goes another boot. <laughs> yeah. The worst thing you've got to look out for is like jellyfish out there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I suppose over here, yeah. Have you been to a beach yet? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really weird because um, people ask me, like, oh, where have you been? And I'm like, well, I started working, like, a couple of months into being here. Yeah. Like, you don't actually, unless you come over with, like, loads of money, yeah. you don't have that time to explore. Yeah. And I think once you're into that, like, work routine, it's like you live, like, at home. Yeah. You've basically Like, got it's the just nicer walking to work. It, or... it? Yeah. 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 Oh. But, no, it, it is a nice place to live, definitely. It still sounds a little bit like a dream, apart from all the medical <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare to go with it. Yeah. Um, cool. I think I will round us off there for um, our first conversation. Uh, is that okay? Yep. Cool. Thank you very much for talking to me. Um, okay. Thank you for having uh, me. Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> um, so what I've done so far is kind of, each time someone's come on tried to have like a bit of a chat and they get a chance to talk about their backstory um like we said and uh i'll add in like the link to your website and things like that um but what i'm looking to do in the future is maybe have a few more um podcasts where there's a set topic or something like that um and potentially have a couple of people on um where we talk through uh i don't know if you'd be interested in coming on again and kind of talking on a general topic 
Yeah, of course, yeah. Cool. No pressure, just make sure I record <laughs> your answer. <laughs> you get a shock if I said no, no, I'm all right, like, thanks. I'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got planned for the rest of your day? Because it's early morning now, isn't it? Yeah, it's just turned nine o'clock, so I'm at work at half past two. Oh, so you've got the rest of the, the morning slash lunchtime to enjoy the frost? Yeah, that's great. That <laughs> <Can't> way. <laughs> in the picture that pops up of you, you've got like the sunny garden in the background. And I'm like, it just makes me chuckle to think that there's frost there. <laughs> yeah, it is weird because it's like so sunny, but then you go out and it's freezing. Oh, are you going to get like snow? In, I, I, it was forecast, but I'm not sure what's oh, happening. Okay. Because I don't, I don't know, in my mind, it's like, it can be kind of cold and wet there. But it will always be warm enough that you wouldn't get like a snow type. A snow type weather is snow, you idiot. You wouldn't get <laughs> snow. <laughs> it's always warm enough that you wouldn't get snow. <laughs> no, the, the winter's like colder than the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's re- it's like really cold, like icy, icy cold wind. Oh. I feel like that that'd be quite nice for like one winter just to experience it. Yeah, and then it can go. Yeah. Um so does that mean you've had the summer Christmas already? Yeah, I had one summer Christmas. What was that like? Really weird. Really what? weird. <laughs> what yeah. did you what did you do on Christmas Day? Um, I think we just stayed in. Uh and then I think we went out in the evening, but yeah, it's just weird. When it's because it was really hot as well. <laughs> I think for for the Christmas that I had in Australia, we um did we step we were in the apartment in the morning and then we went to a beach at lunchtime. Um and yeah, sat on the beach for a couple of hours and saw I think there was like a couple of dolphins or yeah, I think was of, which was really cool. And I was like, Oh, I've been on a beach and seen dolphins on Christmas Day. And then we walked back, uh, we were in Melbourne, um, so we walked back to like the city centre and they had some Christmas films on, on like a big screen. Um, so walked around there and got uh, like a KFC meal and sat outside and watched um, like, I think they had like the Gremlins and then Elf on. Uh, um, yeah. So you sit outside in like the main quad area where they've got a few like plastic trees up um and it starts to get dark but it's still quite warm you're on deck chairs eating fast food watching a film it was just a very strange it was really nice but yeah it just yeah. feels strange but it's it's that cultural thing of, of what i think it's because we're in the uk as well so like christmas is very much marketed as like a uk america type christmas and then if you go anywhere that is kind of the other way around so you're getting the like the summer christmas it just seems really weird to us yeah and i think even when you're watching films you're like i'm like used to being curled up with a blanket you know on the sofa just watching a film and it's really cold outside but then you're Mm. like 
at home trying to watch a f- Christmas film with the windows open and the door open and it's like really sunny and it's like seven o'clock. It's just weird. Like every aspect of it, I was just like, I don't like this. I think I'd probably get used to it, but it just wasn't yeah. the same. Yeah, see, I think I enjoyed it because I knew like that was your first experience of it. I yeah. think if you were if you thought oh, I'm going to have that for five or ten years, um, yeah, I, t- I don't know how. I, like you say, I think you'd just get used to it, but it, yeah, yeah, it would be strange. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> but New Zealand is meant to be a bit more, like you say, it's meant to be more UK culturally than Australia, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think Australia is a bit more out there, yeah. like America. Yeah. But over here, it's just a bit like far behind, and it's a bit like you don't see like a lot of people, like all together. You know, like in the UK, if you go to a shopping centre, then you like can't move. Like even at Christmas, mm. like you just can't move. But over here, like you go and there's like ten people. Wow. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot. Well, there isn't. I mean, there isn't a lot of people here, but there just doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I think. I got it to some extent. I mean, like I ended up travelling around, so you are hitting a lot of kind of mainstream places some of the time, but I felt like even in, um, not really Sydney, but in places like Melbourne and Perth, and you're talking about like major cities that most people would compare to like London or Manchester or something over here, but it's, like, it's not a lot more busy than like my local city. Um because just the population is so dense over here. There's so many people. Um, I felt like a major city out there was kind of to the level of like one of our smaller cities over here in terms of the amount of people there. Um, it just seemed really strange. It's a complete... Yeah. It is, you do realise like how much we are a small country and there are people everywhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In relation to like... Bad some of those bigger countries, especially, I think, Australia and New Zealand, where there is quite a lot of protection for outside space, I guess it's slightly different, but... Yeah. It's just so overpopulated um, over here, whereas... Yeah, yeah. I think that's the appeal to places like New Zealand and Australia, where you've got that outside space, and you, know, you can have a house with a decent garden, you can go to the park, and it's a proper park, or um, you've got, like, national parks or country parks that are places that you could spend days walking through rather than an hour yeah no no it is it is a good for stuff like that it's just like the practical stuff like there's not a lot of it but we have a mall near us where like the supermarket's like in it but then apart from that like you have to go into the city center to get anything mm. like it's good for like when you think of like oh i can just be like outside all day and like when you've got time off like it's amazing but when you've got like a an hour lunch break and you need to go shopping and you've got to travel for like 2 <laughs> hours to you know get some milk or something it's a bit like like you realize how little there is mm. do you find but- that you get a lot of free parking out there <laughs> um, well I don't drive oh. but I think you do yeah I think you yeah. do I remember and you don't have to pay for trolleys yeah like <laughs> I, was, I was always blown away I was like oh like you could just kind of park where you want yeah. <laughs> and you don't have no, to pay yeah. and uh, I was like and we were told quite a few times like even though you're not meant to like stop and sleep on the side of the road like as long as no one complains about it, you can do it. And I was like, you couldn't stop somewhere here for an hour without getting a ticket, let alone yeah. overnight. 
Yeah, there's somebody like watching you, like timing you. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It just, yeah. Yeah. It's a I didn't think about that actually, but yeah, that and. It's just, I didn't. I did notice the trolleys though. Yeah, you don't have to put your little token in. <laughs> no one's trying to steal that. I'm <laughs> so far away from the so far away from the original stories. Um, I remember going into well, oh, I think where was I? I was in Audi, and um, I was saying to them about um, I think I'd sort of piled up. I'd gone in with a basket, and I'd piled it up a little bit, and I hadn't taken in any bags, and I was like. Um, I think I said to the person on the tier, I was like, oh, are, we a- are you able to, like, take the baskets out to the car and then bring them back? And they said no. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, it's a bit annoying. I was like, oh, why? I was like, it's a bit annoying because I haven't got a bag with me. And she said, oh, we had an issue where there were loads getting stolen. <laughs> and I was like, really? I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, yeah, she said, there were loads of people filling them up with meat and then running out the door. I was like, they're stealing the meat. It's not a basket. <laughs> I was like, is this the reason why I can't take it out to the car? It's ridiculous. I was starting to come around to the idea that people were using them to stack up stuff in their garage or something. I was like, no, they're stealing, they're stealing the meat. It's the meat. It's the stuff they put in the basket. It's yeah, not they basket. don't want the... Ch- the- <laughs> Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if you've heard of Bradford in Yorkshire. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, like, it's just re- it, well, it's really bad for a lot of things, but the amount of trolleys that were, like, on the side of the roads, oh. like, people would just take the trolley. Like, why would you? Imagine if, you, if I saw somebody, like, taking their shopping when I knew where, like, Tesco was, like, half an hour walk, and I saw them near my house, like, yeah. with the trolley full of shopping, they'd be like, what are you doing? I, yeah. Like, just carry it. And how... Yeah, I don't know. I have to admit, I've seen, um, near where I live, I think I've seen one trolley in someone's garden, and I've been like, <laughs> how? How have you got it this far? Um, and, yeah, I just... Oh, I don't understand, and... I know it's only one trolley, but I'm like, but how have you done that without me seeing you? <laughs> I feel like I should have yeah. seen that one person with a trolley. I just, yeah. I don't, it's, yeah, I don't know. I know a few places now do the, um, I think Tesco do it with like the wheel lock thing. So yeah. if you stopped. go outside the shop, yeah, like one of the wheels or two of the wheels stop moving. So yeah. that makes it a bit more difficult. But yeah, it just seems a bit ridiculous. I can't, yeah. Yeah. How much how much effort they've had to put in to do all that stuff because people are taking trolleys. I just can't imagine having that thought of like, oh, I'll just take it home. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it seems a bit of a weird one to me. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Oh, dearie me. Okay. <laughs> well, I've quite enjoyed our extended chat. <laughs> yeah, quite not sure how it happened, but yeah. Yeah, it's good, it's good. <laughs> I'm just going to pick up there at the end of our trolley conversation. I hope you enjoyed listening what turned into a little bit of a ramble, I think, about Christmas and about trolleys. But that kind of feeds into some of the stuff that we're talking about, I think, on the Open Journal, where, where I'm trying to keep it very open. We're not just going to sit here and kind of mope or go specifically over just one particular topic. So it really is about having that open conversation with people and you know, just enjoying connecting with people as well um, and having those shared experiences and shared stories 
Sure, the reason why most of us are here is because of mental health, but that's not all of us. That's not our whole story. It doesn't dictate our whole lives. At least that's what we're letting it. That's what we're trying to stop. Oh, a little bit of tension there on my shoulders. Um, so thank you very much for for listening in. Thank you very much for listening all the way through the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jess. Uh, thank you again to Jess for coming on to the podcast. I really enjoyed um, talking through and hearing again about somebody else's story, the challenges, the struggles that they've had, and the huge amount of achievement uh, that Jess and the other people I've spoken to have overcome. It's been absolutely amazing to to hear about those achievements. So thank you very much for coming on to the podcast and, and sharing your story. Again, if you want to get in contact, um, go through Twitter, go through Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much for listening. And remember, you're not alone out there. slight deviation from saying goodbye wasn't it yeah. <laughs> let's talk about christmas let's talk about christmas yeah. <laughs> it's only in australia could you go as a volunteer and yeah do that sort of stuff and you come back here and i'm like you've got to have like an mvq before you're allowed to touch their poo let alone feed yeah, them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no it's like that